Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. Good morning. You guys can you guys can be seated. Um, just uh, like you said, my name is Jacob Embry. I'm uh, executive director of Team Challenge uh, right here in Columbia. I'm from Kentucky. Moved here uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, my wife and I took over as directors here, and uh, we've really just enjoyed it. And we've watched God move in mighty, mighty ways. Um, and you can see uh, we've got eight awesome guys in our program um, and every one of them's life has been changed by the power of Jesus Christ right amen and uh, so it's been awesome to watch and I wanted to just give you a little backstory on what Teen Challenge is first uh, it's a 12 month uh, faith-based Christ-centered most importantly uh, recovery program right um, and or, or really more like discipleship program um, yes it is geared to those who struggle with life-controlling issues, but most importantly, it's a discipleship program and teaching men how to, how to follow Christ, right? So, um, so yes, just wanted to tell you, so there was a man named David Wilkerson. He was a, um, Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania, backwoods, Pennsylvania pastors is what the media would call him, right? Um, he's from a, he was from a little town in Pennsylvania and pastored a little church and he went well one evening he was praying and God told him to put his TV up for sale right to lay a and he he felt like okay if this is really God I just want to make sure and he wanted to um he wanted to make sure it was him right and so he laid a fleece before God and he said as if if this TV sells in 30 minutes of, of when the classified ads come out, then I know what you got. And I'm going to dedicate that TV time every night, that two hours to you in prayer. Right, and so he, and so he put this TV up for sale and you know, you know how you're kind of like, you really enjoy something, right? Like you enjoy TV a little bit, right? And you, you're almost like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, like God, you got to really, he really put it out there. Like, God, you got to do it in 30 minutes now. You got, you, you know, cause he, you know, there was part of him that was kind of reluctant, but, but he did want to move with the spirit of God. Right. And so he puts the TV up for sale and the newspaper comes out back in those days. It was classified ads. There was no Facebook market. There was nothing like that. Right. Um, so it took a little bit longer. And so once he got the newspaper and the classified ad came out, he started his watch and, Literally 29 minutes go by and he's, he's looks at his wife. He says, well, I guess, I guess we're, you know, I guess we're, we're out, we're free and clear right now. And then the phone rang, the phone rang right there. God coming through in the ninth, bottom of the ninth inning. Right. And, uh, the phone rings and it's an individual and he answers the phone. He says, are you the guy with the RCA TV for sale? And he says, yes, I am. He says, I'll take it. 
first words was I'll take you. He didn't ask how, he didn't ask how much, didn't ask anything about it. Was it working? Nothing, you know. You know, you have all those questions about things, but right then the TV sold. And uh and man, like God God comes through. <laughs> Sometimes even even when we're not ready for him to, right? Um, but but he came through, sold the TV, and so he starts dedicating his life or his nights to prayer, right? dedicating his nights to prayer and he's walking back and forth in his study um walking from side to side he's kind of like usually that's how i do i'm back and forth back and forth and just speaking and listening and um trying to hear from god and uh something keeps bringing his attention to a, a a magazine a life magazine laying in his study and he keeps like he's like no i just gave up my tv this is time for god i don't you know, I, I'm not supposed to be in that Life magazine, and uh, but he, and he keeps on praying, and something keeps drawing him in, right? Obviously, this, the Spirit of God is leading him to this magazine. I really believe that. And he opens the Life magazine, and he flips to an article, and there's seven boys. It's a skit, a sketch, a sketch, a sketch of seven boys on trial for murdering a 15-year-old polio victim, and you can imagine how how horrifying that is right and most people would write these boys off but david wilkerson looked at one of these boys in a sketch and noticed the the just the sadness on his face and the need for hope the need for a savior right and god was drawing him he said he said go to new york and try to help these boys and so David Wilkerson um, listens. He hear. He, I mean, he's he's moving with the spirit of God. And he listens, and he um, he's like, "Okay, I'll go." And uh, he has to figure out how. And so he goes in front of his um, he goes in front of his congregation. It's a Wednesday night prayer service, and it's a very small crowd. It was snowing and uh, just a dreary night, and not very many people showed up from the congregation, right? And he and instead of preaching, he just brings him down front and he he opens up this life magazine and he shows him this picture and he speaks to him about how God was leading him to New York to help these boys. And uh, it, like I said, it was just this small group of people. It was a small group of people gathered together. And, and guess what? One by one. They began to come up front and they began to lay money on the altar so that David Wil Pastor David Wilkerson could go to New York and help these boys. And you can imagine, like I said, this is a horrifying story of, of a young 15-year-old kid murdered. And you can imagine the congregation was probably like, ah, you know. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's how we, we sometimes react, right, as people. I really, I really believe that. We kind of like, oh, let's put that at arm's length. Like, I'm praying for them, but I don't know if I want to get involved in that. It's heavy. And so one by one, they began to put the money on the altar. And see, all it took was a small group of dedicated people. A small group of dedicated people. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. The word says that when two or three or two or more are gathered together, there he'll be in the midst. Amen. So we should never feel as though we don't matter. We should never feel as though we don't matter, no matter how small the congregation, no matter how small the church, no matter how small the, the, the program or the group of individuals. 
Because when two or three, two or more are gathered, man, God is in it. God is in it. So no matter how many, there's still a major, oppor- a major opportunity to make a massive impact in the kingdom of God. Amen. Right? Amen. Amen. So together with the, with the gospel, we have the power to change and impact and do many great things in the name of Jesus. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And so David Wilkerson embarked on this journey and every bit, every bit of the way he was, he was trying to get a hold of the, the judges and the, uh, the lawyers and anybody he could get a hold of. And so he's trying no luck or if I guess there's not really luck in this is there, but no, no, no success. Right. And so he's like, well, I'm just going to go into the courtroom. He says, I know when their court, case is going on. I'm going to go into the courtroom and I'm going to try to help these boys. It must maybe the only way I get in there and be I'm able to talk to the judge. And so he takes his Bible with him. He's just getting ready so he can identify with the, with the judge that, Hey, I am a minister. Right. And so he, he goes in there and he's sitting in the back pew. And before he knows it, the, the, the judge bangs the gavel, right? He's like, court adjourned, it's over. And he's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And so he grabs his Bible and he runs up front. He's like, your honor, your honor. I mean, this is a preacher busting in on a courtroom. I mean, that's not very very much court, court etiquette, right? And he gets dragged out of court right then. Before he could get another word out, he's getting dragged out of court by his arms. The bailiffs had got a hold of him. And he comes outside the courtroom, and, you know, probably feeling defeated in a, a, a tabloid or a, a newspaper. I think it was like the New York Post or something was there. and uh, Or the New York Times. I'm not sure which one it was. But they said, hey, hey preacher, what you got there? He's like, my Bible. He's like, okay, well, why don't you hold it up so we can see? And he held, holds it up, and they take a snap a shot a picture of him like this. And you know what? They're trying to just, uh, what they do is they publish this article about a backwoods country preacher busts up in the Michael Farmer case and trying to smear him. And smear, I really believe the name of God, right? And, and all of that. And so, but what's so incredible about that is that yes, David Wilkerson, he leaves, he's defeated. He's, you know, um, I mean, man, no success, right? And so he's leaving. And when he's leaving, um, he's about two or three hours into the journey back home. God starts to speak to him again. And he, and he tells him, go back, go back. And so he goes to the congregation. They help him get some more funds and he goes back to New York and he's minister. He starts just ministering in the streets, just trying to reach anybody, any of these young boys that he can right? specifically geared to young boys. And so he, he's, he's like driving down Broadway street and he drives down Broadway street and he sees this group of boys and he tells his driver, he's like, stop. And, uh, he, gets out of the car and he goes over and ministers to one of these boys. And this happens to be the, the gang, a gang leader. And I can't remember the name of the gang, but, um, he's ministering to this boy and the boy looks at him. He says, Hey, you're Dave Wilkerson. 
you know, just like he's best friends. He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I saw you in the newspaper. You're the one that busted up in the Michael Farmer case. And see, what, what, what's so crazy about this is that this right here created credibility for da Pastor David Wilkerson. The smallest thing, right? It created credibility with him to be able to get in and to minister to the street gangs, where many never had a chance to do, right? Especially some, some pastors, you know, it's harder to get into street gangs. I mean, especially if you've never experienced any of that, right? So when he interjected in this courtroom, he got uh, and got exploited by the media. You know David Wilkerson had to feel very embarrassed almost in that moment, right? He had to feel embarrassed, maybe defeated. But what the enemy meant to defeat him with, God turned to good. God turned to good and he used it to create this credibility or what we would call possibly a testimony, right? All of our students, all of our staff in our program, they were, we were at one point addicted to drugs and battled other life-controlling issues, depression, and you, you, you probably can name it. And, and I'm sure someone in this program has, has went through that. And uh, the enemy had attempted to take each one of us out. He attempted to take each one of us out with, with drugs and everything else. But God said, man, I'm going to use your weakness for my glory. Amen. Amen. So each student, each staff, they have a testimony that gives God glory. See, our past have not now become our credibility. Right? Yes. Amen. So, so now the, the grace of God has given each one of us, the, empowered us to, to share the gospel and to empower many others, right? And this is David Wilkerson goes on and he keeps on ministering to these street gangs and he comes across this one street gang. And I'm getting close to finishing and so we can get to the good stuff about testimonies and got a great choir song coming up. But um, but David Wilkerson comes up to um, this street gang called the Mau Mau's and uh, they're one of the more feared. They were one of the more feared adolescent street gangs in New York at this time. And he comes up to them. And the leader of the gang was actually receptive to him and hearing the gospel and really wanted to change. But the, the secondary guy, his name was Nicky Cruz. And Nicky Cruz was, yeah, okay, we got someone that knows, Nikki, knows that name. So Nicky Cruz was, he was very, um, he, he, you know what, David Wilkerson came up to him and Nicky Cruz looked at him and he said, he was going to pray for Nicky Cruz and he said, he said, get away from me or I'll cut you. And you can imagine, I mean, that's kind of a bad position to be in, right? Like somebody's going to cut you, you know? And David looks at him, David, Pastor David Wilkerson looks at him and he says, you could cut me into a thousand pieces and line every one of those pieces up in the street and every one of those pieces would still love you. Whew. Whew. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a powerful place for, um, that's a powerful display of God's love, right? 
I mean, you can imagine them. I, I don't know. I, before I knew Christ, I don't know. I probably would have, you know, I don't know. I would have turned away there if somebody did that to me, right? But uh, I can remember walking in the doors of Teen Challenge. And I went through a program in Kentucky, but pretty much every Teen Challenge is about the same, right? In some regards, right? Where it's, it's all Christ the center. Like I said, Christ-centered, right? And so I walk into this program, and I'm telling you, I'm his Teen Challenge lingo would be broken, busted, and disgusted. That's that's what some some of our our guys say in their testimonies. But uh, so I walk in there, and and I'm really I feel like I'm at the end of end of the rope. Um, I was, you know, just in jail and. I uh, really felt like, you know, my life wasn't worth living. And I walk into this small classroom this um, in this large facility, and all of a sudden staff start coming up to me, start coming in the room and giving me hugs and high fives and handshakes and just letting me know how loved I am and how gr- grateful they are that I'm there. And, you know, just in that started to lift my spirits and uh, I signed all this paperwork and you to come to Teen Challenge, you really got to almost um, sign your life away. Um, There's a lot of stuff that you got to sign and agree to. Right. And uh, so I sign all this and I walk out of the classroom and I'm walking back to the room and another gentleman comes up to me. He comes running from the kitchen, and he's, and this is so small, but just small acts of love, man, I'm telling you. So, but he, he comes up to me, and he's like, hey, I'm going to be your mentor. And I can just see the smile on his face, just the joy, the excitement. And I'm just like, wow, okay. All right, I'm trying to give him a, a, a handshake, and he's like, uh, he's like, no, I got like chicken. He, he's still in the middle of doing whatever he was doing in the kitchen with, with the chicken and stuff. And he's like, no, he's like, just give me the chicken wing. So I gave, I gave him the chicken wing. And uh, I can remember looking at him, right? I can remember looking at him and seeing all of his excitement and thinking to myself, I want what he has. I want what he has. At the time, I had no idea what it was. You know, little did I know that what he had was a relationship with Jesus. See, the love that that he poured out was because of the love that Jesus had showed him. What I soon came to understand is that we love because he first loves us. Yes. And so now I believe like David Wilkerson, if somebody came up to me and they pulled a knife or they were saying, I'm going to cut you, I could probably say back to them, you know what? You could cut me into a thousand pieces and every one of those pieces would still love you. We, we go through, as staff sometimes go through some really hard uh, stuff at times, right? Dealing with some some hard cases. We we all come from different walks of life and different scenarios and different issues, Right. And I know in my in my program I was a hard I was hard too. I mean nobody could tell me nothing at first, right? Um, but I believe that I could love that person. I know that I can love the most difficult people because of God's love for me. Amen. See, in Teen Challenge, I found love. I, I found love in Teen Challenge through Jesus Christ. I found love. The Bible says that God is love, right? 
in 1 John 4, says that God is love. And when we love each other, even in the most strenuous circumstances, right? Even then, we show or exhibit God's love to them. Right? Just even in the smallest of things, we can exhibit God's love to them. So we have the power to change the world one small action at a time. Really? Woo! Praise the Lord. It's that, it's that simple that all I have to do is act in love and I have the power to change someone's life through what Jesus has enabled me to do. See, that gang member, Nikki Cruz, he, he became a traveling evangelist. And many people's lives were changed and are still being changed through him. Really? I mean, whew. one act of love may change this world exponentially. One man sitting in this room, in this program, one person in this congregation may have the power to impact hundreds. And that and those hundreds may be able to impact thousands and so on and so forth down the line. You know, I re recently read a quote and it said, it said that uh, theology without love is simply very bad theology. See, Paul says that, and Paul says that, uh, it, that if we have not love, then we're what? We're just a noisy, clinging symbol or gong, right? And so through one man's love, David Wilkerson, because God first loved him, many lives have been changed. I mean, I can't even count on, I mean, I can't even count how many people have been through Teen Challenge. Um, or how many people David Wilkerson has impacted, just that one man. And I'm, we all know who, who gave him the power, right? But um, this one man, he started Teen Challenge. He started another world evangelist uh, ministry called World Challenge. Uh, started a church in Times Square. Um, you know, so many different things, all because he was obedient. He listened to the voice of God, right? Right. And now there's over 200 centers of Teen Challenge in the United States. Over 200. Yeah, amen. That's awesome. And they're all different sizes. In the Southeast region, we have 24 centers. Um, and we're part of the Southeast region, Columbia is. And we have 20, uh, 24 centers now. And like our biggest one is 120 beds. And we have several other uh, centers that are around 80 as well. So, um, and we, we serve men, women, adolescent boys and girls as well. Um, so, so we're kind of trying to help at every, you know, uh, stage of life, if, if at all possible. But, uh, but not only are those 200 centers in America, there's over 1,400 centers in the world. Amen. Right? All over the world. Teen Challenge. Uh, God is working through the ministry of Teen Challenge to help and save many. Um, I got to, I got, as a uh, student, I got the privilege to go on a mission trip to Costa Rica Teen Challenge and work down there. And we have a student and a staff member soon to be going to Nicaragua, right? A communist country. And they're going to be able to go down there and minister the gospel. Like, wow, I, I could honestly say that 
Uh, and I'm sure they could say the same, that they never believed, you know, 12 months, two years, three years ago, that they were going to have the opportunity to, to not only live for Jesus, but to take the gospel into different countries and minister to different people from, from different walks of life like that, right? So with these sinners all across the world, it's, it's love that changes the world. You know, we could outcast the broken or downtrodden, uh, or downtrodden for what they've gone through. Or we can try to love them back to life. And that's what the ministry of Teen Challenge is. It's about loving each person that comes within the ministry's reach to love them, right? That's what, that's what the ministry is all about. And sometimes that love doesn't look like we want it to look when we come in the program. <laughs> Right? Because sometimes love is, there's discipline in, in love, right? You, you got to get things on, in order, sure. right? But, uh, but other times it's just, just something so beautiful, right? All in all, it's beautiful. And so I don't want to say any more. I want to go ahead and bring our uh, first uh, gentleman up. He's going to share his testimony. His name's Barry. Uh, Barry is a uh, graduate of Teen Challenge. He's had to, to do this a second time, but, but that doesn't make it any less important, right? Sometimes we get off track, and God's got to get us back on track. And what we got to, yeah, and we got to be willing to let God work. And I, Barry has exhibited that. So let's give Barry a hand. Come on. Thank you, Pastor. Well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, let me see. Okay, I got it. Uh, my name is Barry Mazzell. I'm from uh, a little town called Utahville uh, on the other side of Santee. Um, grew up a farm boy. Had a good life. Um, got married when I was 20 to my uh, uh, high school sweetheart. Um, had two daughters um, at age uh, at 27 years of marriage my wife uh, lost her life to cancer um, so one Friday morning I woke up um, my wife was gone my kids were gone my house was gone so um, so I fell into the bottle um, it took me nine years to reach the bottom to where I didn't have nowhere else to turn so um, I went to talk to my mom and my sister and uh, they found me a program, it's Teen Challenge. So um, it was in Columbia. So we made uh, some phone calls and we came to Columbia and uh, the director of the program was there and I went in and I told my mom, I said, well, I'll try it. And as a matter of fact, that's where we are right now. And I went in, took my clothes out and everything. She was, they ran down to the food line to get me some candy because I was a smoker. And that would help me with my craving for a cigarette. So I went in and I looked around and everything. I said, no, this ain't happening here. <laughs> so uh, could I, I, it was kind of small and I didn't, I said, I don't, I don't believe this is going to work for me. So I went back in and I told the, told the um, director, I said, look, man, you just want to go and call mom, tell her, come on back and get me. You know, at that time I was going through some stuff and I was hating on everybody, you know, because that's just where I was at the bottom. And, um... So mom come back with my candy and I looked and I said, this is not gonna happen. And this guy says, I got to stay. I said, I done told him I ain't saying. So anyway, mom said, okay, if you're not comfortable here, we'll do something else. So brother Dante was uh, my intake. So I called him. He said, well, look in, I got some places down in Florida. You want to go to Florida? I said, how far away from home? He said, six hours. I said, no, that ain't happening either. So he, uh, uh, we finally got a place called in Dublin, Georgia. So I went to Dublin, Georgia. And I said, yeah, I can deal with this. So my brother dropped me off, and um, 
And just like everything else, when I got there, I hated everybody and everything. Tried my best to get kicked out. Wasn't happening. The Lord showed me, he said, you can do this. So I ended up doing it. Um, I did my year. I graduated. I did the ELP program, Emerging Leaders, uh, Leader Program, which uh, makes me an intern. So I did the intern. I went home. I came back for, and did the internship. And I did that for two months, and I, got to, I wanted to get back home. I, they sent me out in the county one day, and I saw some tractors in the field. Being a farm boy, I couldn't stand it. I had to get back home and get on a tractor. So I went back home, um, stayed about a little over a year, started getting back into the same routine I was in, and I felt myself drifting back to what like I was. I, I, and I felt the Lord tell me, the Lord said, look, I'll let you come back home. I'll give you that little bit of rope because I want you to see. He said, now I'm going to bring you back. You can do what I wanted you to do to start with. Because mm -hmm. I made some very heavy comments when I graduated that day. I promised the Lord a lot of things. I didn't deliver um, so I came back Teen Challenge, and I, I made some phone calls again and talked, and uh, I wanted to come to Columbia, but in, uh, they was in the process of moving to the new home. So my director and my pastor and uh, the intake said, well, come on to Georgia, do your, and we'll uh, do your time, we'll graduate you, then we'll send you to Columbia if we can to be an intern. I said, that works for me. So I went to, um, back to Dublin, and it just something wasn't right. I just could not... I just, I need, it just, Lord just kept telling me, Columbia, Columbia, Columbia. I said, I got to get to Columbia. So I ended up, I came to Columbia. I talked to my, the right people and I got into Columbia. Carl knew me very well because me and him was in uh, Dublin together and I uh, talked to him and uh, so I ended up back in Columbia. So we went to the new home, just like before, struggle. I've struggled this, this time more than I ever struggled the whole year I was in Dublin. And I said, I kept praying. I said, Lord, why don't you put me through all this? The guys, they just, I couldn't get along with nobody. And they kept, they never, they never shut me out. They said, come on, man, you can, you got this, you know? And that's what a lot of Teen Challenge is about. It's, you lean on your brother. Right. I mean, your brother helps you get through these programs. You know what I'm saying? You can go to a brother and talk to a brother. Tell him what's going on in your life and what's happening with you. And that's, that's what we do. We lean, each one of us lean on, lean on each other. So um, I ended up um, kind of getting myself back together. It, like Carl said, it takes Barry about two and a half months to get going. They did it in Georgia, did it here. So I started dotting my eyes and crossing my T's and watching every step. If I made sure my bed, I go check my bed three times while I leave the center, make sure I ain't got a wrinkle in that bed. And I said, I'm not just this one stuff. I ain't up for that no more. But um, but it's been a it's been a, a terrific program for me. Um, but I will say one thing. I said this a long time ago. I said, you know, living with my wife, two daughters, and a mother-in-law. I said, man, that was tough. Every time we'd take a shower, I didn't have no hot water. <laughs> I said, but I fixed that because I had a friend of mine. He worked for the um, gas company. I said, bro, them things you hang on the wall now, they just was coming out with them that uh, heat on demand. I said, how about bring me one and put them in my house? So I did that. I had hot water anytime I wanted it. <laughs> so it's uh, kind of like, and living with seven men to me is not natural. But it's a good thing. Sure. I mean, because I know I'm where God wants me. Uh, yeah. And um, and I know it's, it's being my age, I'm 59, soon be, uh, just turned 59 in January. And I know at my age, my days, you know, you don't really think about it, but you, you know your days is, is counting down. It's not like when you was 30. I got all the time in the world. 
And I thank God for the 59 years. If I, if I pass tomorrow, I thank him for what he's given me. But um, it's just the way that God does things, it makes you wonder and think. I said, Columbia, South Carolina, I went there. I said, no. Barry said, no. I went. Well, I did what Barry wanted to do. But you know what? Well, I'm right back where I started to finish what he started. So he brought me back. Because you know what he's telling me? You could do what I want you to do. You trust me. You, you put me first. And it took me a long time because I had a very good life. Very good life. I mean, growing up a farm boy with your family. I mean, nice wife, kids. I mean, I had everything. Money, nice home. And just, um, I mean, just to, I couldn't believe I let myself go like I did. Because I wasn't raised that way. It just, um, it just happened. And now I realize why it happened. Because the Lord wanted me to put him first. That's the key. Put my trust and faith in him. He's number one for anything. And when I started doing that, that's when my life really felt like I'm living. You know? Now, thank y'all. Thank you, sir. Okay, I got. We just got one more testimony, um, and so Brandon, I didn't know if we were going to make it to it. I I think I got a little too long winded, but um, here, man, come on up. All right. How y'all doing this morning? My name is Brandon Scott Hartley. I was uh, I was born in Texas, but I was raised in in South Carolina in Florence. Um, I had a I had a very normal, very good childhood coming up. Um, I was very athletic. Played a lot of sports coming up and had a good relationship with my family. Um, was raised in raised in church, went to Christian schools. Um, until about eighth grade was my first year in a public school system. That's when I got thrown into the world, really. Um, that was unfortunately that was the year that I started with my my substance abuse problems. Um, it took control of my life at a very young age, at an early age. And I didn't really have the equipment to deal with it. I was raised in Christian schools, but I never had that the come to God moment, that personal relationship. So I didn't really know what that was. I'd seen my family have it, seen my grandfather have it, but I didn't have it. Right. So that it took my it took control of my life at an early age, and 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 held on to it all the way up through high school. I was kicked out of high school twice for um for various reasons, went to alternative schools, was kicked out of alternative schools, ended up getting my GED. When I got my GED, I tried to run away from my problems. Um, I joined the Army and went clear across the country. During that time, my fiance at the time was um, was pregnant with my first child, it's my little girl. And um, now I had a lot of things going on there and I was young, I was scared and stressed out and I had this, this looming, the addiction over my head and I didn't know what to do. So when I came back from that, from the Army, being in the Army and everything, and finished my contract, and I came back to, to South Carolina, um, I still had this over my head. I couldn't get away from it. I didn't know how to deal with it. And now I had this family that I had to, to, to take charge of and lead and, and to do this life with, and I, I didn't know how to do that with this addiction. And um, 
I came back and I fell into the same the same circle and the same friends that I was with before I left that I ran away from. Um, only this time, when you when you come back to it, it tends to get a little bit worse. So when I came back to it and I started hanging around those friends again, um, it took a dark turn real fast. I ended up losing everything. I lost my, my fiance, lost the ability to see my little girl every day. And that threw me even farther into the hole. I dug my hole even deeper. Um, that lasted for years until I'm, um, I'm sitting on the front porch of, of my friend's house one day and I'm uh, hopeless. I don't know if y'all know that hopeless feeling, but the absence of Jesus to me is total hopelessness. So I'm crying out to my grandfather and he had died and I'm crying out to Jesus. You know, what I do know about it. And um, I just... I just remember saying I need to change. I need to change in my life. I need to change in just everything. Just I need something to something to change. And I'm crying out to Jesus and I remember feeling this the first time I ever had that come to God moment was sitting on the front porch of his house. And um he came down and it, it just gave me a peace. And um and just a few short days after that, I ended up getting incarcerated. And it was immediately like gone. I was upset. I was angry again. I was like, why after I look for, for you, I get incarcerated? You know. So I'm, I sit there for a couple of months and my dad, I talked to my dad and he said, Brandon, he said, you need, you need help. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to hear it. I, didn't, I just, I was still fighting it. And um, so I ended up, he ended up, I ended up calling back about two weeks later. And um, him and my little sister were reading this book that she had got for Christmas. And by the time he was praying this whole time, he was like, I need looking to God for guidance on where I should, where he should send me. And, you know, by the time he ended up getting to the end of this book, it was the cross and the switchblade. And at the end of the book, it was talking about Teen Challenge and, and telling him about Teen Challenge. So he calls me and he said, he said, this is where I want to send you. This is where I feel like God is telling me that you need to go. So I ended up fighting it some more. I said, no. I'm not going. I'm not going to do a year at a place called Teen Challenge with a bunch of teenagers hanging out with them. I'm 27 years old. I was like, no. So, um, so I ended up fighting that a little bit more. Ended up calling them back, and I was like, yeah, any place is better than this. So, um, so they ended up. Um, I talked to Kyle when I got there. It was a very everything that could have gone wrong ended up going wrong trying to get here. Um, it was the devil was was really in the details with that, trying to trying to prevent me and hinder me from coming here. Mind me is necessary. I ended up getting here two weeks after I should have, and around midnight, yeah. I think it was, is when I came in the door. And um, I came here, and I was like, man, I just, I, in the back of my head, I was like, man, I just I just need to get rid of these, these charges that are over me, because I found myself in serious trouble. And um, after coming here and seeing every single one of these guys, God's used every single one of these guys to draw me in closer to Him. Um, since coming here and giving my life to God, relationships with my family and my daughter are now stronger than they've ever been before. Um, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do anything through all things through Christ which strengthens me. And that's where I get my, my strength and my boldness from is through the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. So... Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for Teen Challenge for being the, the vessel that God used to pull me out of the, the hole in the pit that I dug. 
and I'm just I'm extremely humbled and, and, and just eternally grateful and I cannot wait to see what God does for me in my future does through me and and I'm just I'm just happy to be here <laughs> I appreciate it thank you So my name is Kyle Kettleson. I'm the program manager at Columbia Men's Center. Um, for the interest of time, I just want to be able to kind of bring back full circle um, the idea that Jacob was giving when Teen Challenge was first started and to highlight the fact that what's most important in the lives of these men is their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that happens in church, but when God has really spoken to me, it's been in those times of private. So I just wanted to read this. This is something that I wrote eight years ago and when I was a student in Teen Challenge, and it's called You Are Worth It All. Some people think it was some silly act of love, but they failed to realize it was divine from above. He held the nails in his hand as he cracked the whip on his back. He begged the Father to forgive us before everything went black. Now make no mistake, this was his choice, for it was God that spoke through his amazing voice. The love of the Father is too great to imagine. In a few human words, he made this happen. See, he decided long before I was around that I needed a savior, one so glorious and profound. It could only be him in the flesh to come down and allow men to kill him that I might be found. As I said before, this was divine from above, a plan brought from his unending love. The law we couldn't keep had to be fulfilled. He was the final sacrifice. The Son of God had to be killed. A blemish-free lamb led to the slaughter. For over 30 years he walked this path, knowing all along he would feel God's wrath. He even asked the Father, please take this cup. And the Father replied, it is yours and yours alone, for it won't be long before you are home. You'll be exalted for this love you have shown. So he pressed on and even sweat blood, knowing what was to come would soon be a flood. All the world's sin would be on his shoulders. The blood of the Father dripped from the Son, as these transgressions of mine were meant to be done. A drop of my soul cleans me from the inside out, for today we are saved because this plan came about. So lift your hands to the one who is worthy. You are saved by grace, no more and no less. Put a stop to the sin, this is your test. Since before you were born, he has been by your side. Though it must be your choice to love him the same, realizing it was for you that the Son of God came. So as much as I place immense value on all the classes we teach, the work we do, the discipline that we have to give, because that's all part of it, we work on every bit of character in each man that walks through our doors, but more importantly than anything, in Teen Challenge, we push a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and that comes with personal time on your own, reading your word. And that's something that you don't get to see these guys doing, but it's so evident that it happens. So I just want to thank you all for letting us come out. We appreciate your support. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church, or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit AphesisChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 